0: Thank you. Tuning into House Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Nick Gunning, and today we're going to be talking Clive Cussler. And there's nobody better to talk to Clive Cussler about than my old friend Steve Rudd. Steve, welcome. Hello.
1: I am very happy to be here.
0: Thanks for having me on. Now, I remember a conversation we had a while ago. Where you said that you had a big box of Clive Custler books and you <laughs> sold them all, and I was like, "He just died like last week," and you were like, "What?"
1: Yes, so that conversation <laughs> did. <happen. laughs> I was gonna say I probably don't remember this conversation, but that one stills like, yeah, it like,
0: stings. Stings, yeah, uh, it stings. Yes, it stings.
1: The salt still, ru- I feel the grind yeah. of the salt in yeah. that wound. Yeah, Makes that sense. one uh, probably
0: probably why that dude was so eager to buy him off you. you I know? know it's
1: it's funny this too, alka. like. I was like, man, I wonder if he was just like, yeah, it's crazy he died too. but like, yeah. I, I, like yeah. I no, no this happened it. just before like just, just before it.
0: yeah, crazy,
1: <laughs> crazy.
0: no, but it really does make sense to uh, have you on this episode because like I've known the name Clive Custler for a long. I mean, I worked in libraries for you know 20 years now, so like I knew Clive yeah. Cusler. But I think the first time I ever gave any thought to Clive Cussler was back in the day when you and I were college roommates hanging out in a cabin. Because I know that you love the movie Sahara. Oh, yeah. And even then, I feel like you had Clive Cussler paperbacks kicking around the cabin. Am I wrong? I think I
1: probably did. Yeah. I know I had a really old version of Pacific Vortex that I picked yeah. up. And that was laying around, I know. And I, had, I may have had Sahara and I had, I don't know, like...
0: Well, there's so many, yeah, we I have, get into I, it, but there's, there's yeah, like 80, it's hard to, yeah. so crazy. Yeah, so I don't know, whenever I think Clive Kessler, like you just come to mind, I just oh, picture yeah. your cherubic little face when I think of uh, Clive <laughs> Kessler. So uh, right now at the library, we're in the midst of our summer reading program, it's uh, Oceans of Possibilities is our theme, and our book club for this month was The Chase by Clive Kessler, so we're going to be talking about The Chase and Clive Custler in general, but I feel like... The chase is a bit of an outlier because it's part of the Isaac Bell series. Uh, and not the Dirk Pit series, which is what people usually think yes. of. When they, when they think of Custler, they're thinking of a Dirk Pit. So we'll get into all of that later. But before we do, uh, let's open up the books and see where our bookmarks are at. Yeah, let's do it. What are you reading these days? So after
1: the chase, yeah. I actually I got an alert almost to the day. Actually, I think it was. I finished it in the morning. And then that afternoon, while I was still at work, I got an alert from uh, Hoopla that a, a title that I had requested was available for okay. audiobook. And it's Drawn uh, nice. Ascendancy by Timothy Zahn. So oh. it's the first time. <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I was just like, whoa, when did I request this? And it was like back yeah. in 20. 20- it was like eight months ago. Yeah, or something that happens like that. sometimes. Yeah. So I started that. And it's, um, I'm going to give it a little bit more. I,
0: the, I did read Throne Ascendancy. Uh, I read it with some friends for a book club and yeah, it just left me so cold. Like, I just was like, I do not care about this. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure if you've been listening to this podcast, you'll probably know this already, but the, the Thrawn trilogy back in the day, Air to the Empire, what is it? What do they call it? Heir to the Empire, Last Command. And what's that? What's the other one?
1: Dark Force Dark, Rising. Dark, Dark Force yes.
0: Rising. Classic yeah. Star Wars Expanded Universe trilogy. This was the one that like, I feel like everybody could kind of get behind back in the day and be like, this is the gold standard of, of Star Wars writing. Yeah. and remains so for a long time. Uh, Timothy Zahn came back. It's been a while now, five or six years. And he wrote a Thrawn trilogy that I think was pretty lackluster. I mean, it sold well, but I don't <laughs> think I saw a lot of positive reviews and I certainly don't know anybody who read it and liked it. And this is a second trilogy in the new wave of Thrawn books. So,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is it. Like, if, you, if you didn't hit the yeah. mark this time, then yeah, it's it for Thrawn.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're reading Thrawn Ascendancy. That's your uh, that's your yes. current.
1: That's you know, my current droll.
0: <laughs> you're not much of a graphic novel guy, right? You don't you don't get it because I know Hoopla, Steve's library system uses Hoopla, ours uses Libby. Uh, and both have a uh, pretty good access to graphic novels. I know a lot of the people in our Discord book club were reading Ms. Marvel uh, because it's all like in our Libby app. But do you do uh, do you do graphic novels in Hoopla?
1: I can. I just haven't yet because I have it all on my phone, and I have the iPhone okay.
0: 12 Mini,
1: oh, so look it's at that.
0: really tough. Really Gorgeous. tough.
1: I mean, if I had like an iPad, I would. Yeah, but I I don't so. That makes it bet, I've been
0: on the graphic novel kick. I was reading a bunch of, so we're doing these monthly graphic novel book clubs on the library Discord. So if you want to join, just you can find us on Twitter at All the Book Show or Facebook David A. Howe let us know. We'll send you a link to the discord because we're doing these monthly things. We've, we did Batman year one, back when the Batman movie came out. Yeah. Uh, we did, we did Dr. Strange when the Dr. Strange came out. And then this month earlier in July, we did Ms. Marvel to coincide with the TV series next month. We're going to be doing Thor. So because of that, I've been kind of reading along with all of those things. So I read a ton of Ms. Marvel and now I've read a ton of Thor, uh, Jason Aaron's run, particularly, leading up to the whole Jane Foster taking over the mantle of Thor. Uh, oh. And I just read the first collection of that. I just, the whole run, I haven't really gotten into all that much. Mm-hmm. The The Thor, it's like Thor Worldbreaker, I want to say is what it's called. And it, what's cool about it is that you have, like, it's kind of split between modern day Thor way in the past Thor and then like old dying King Thor. So it's kind of taken a cue, I think, for the Conan book.
1: Okay. Because
0: Conan would always do that. Yep. And in that run, it was like everything with old grizzled dying Thor was super interesting. And the other stuff, not so much. Hmm. And the problem with the Jane Foster stuff, and I've only read the first run, which is like 10 issues, is that... They do it. You spend the whole time where Thor doesn't know it's Jane, and you're just, you're supposed to like not know it's Jane, but it's so obvious <laughs> who it is. Yeah. Like even if you don't know that story, it's like well obviously that's Jane Foster. And so to me, there just wasn't a lot of I, I don't know. It just it wasn't that intriguing because like if that's the big mystery, like we all know what that is. So.
1: Figured it out pretty soon, yeah. That's,
0: that's let me down a little bit. I did watch Thor Love and Thunder in theaters, though. Have you seen it yet?
1: I have. No. I, instead of seeing Thor, I saw Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. With Also wife, a good and, choice. Uh, right. Man, it yep. was
0: so good. Yeah. I agree. I agree. We were talking about this a little bit last week. But yeah, I had a great time with, with Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, what, I grew this mustache right in the theater, literally. You do have a mustache. Look at I you. Do. Yeah. Wow. You didn't, Can you play Great Balls of Fire on an upright piano? You probably I'm more could of a, I'm more of a you mighty musical wings genius guy. okay so, okay yeah mighty wings all right that's my song okay well I, I loved Top Gun I thought it was so fun it was just a perfect slice in the stuff. it was
1: so good yeah it was. it was
0: really good but Thor Love and Thunder mm-hmm. you know our son was at camp and we had like a babysitter at night and we were like well we gotta we gotta take advantage of this you gotta yeah so we went to see Thor: Love and Thunder, even though neither my wife nor I were all that into Thor: Ragnarok, and we were kind of like, ah, eh, whatever. I guess we should probably see it. I ended up loving this movie. I just thought the humor was right, the tone was right. I loved the score. I went and like bought the soundtrack instantly. I, I, heard, it was, it
1: I heard it was entertaining. Like Did a you? friend okay. of mine just saw it tonight, and he was just like, "I love it." So yeah, like,
0: okay. You know, like my my brother saw it and he hated it. A lot of the reviews have been negative. So I don't know, but like it worked for me. I really thought that the tonally, the balance was good. And like I said, the humor was there and the soundtrack was great. So I love it. Yeah, that. well,
1: it's Taika Waititi humor. So it's, yeah, it's always kind yeah, of spot on, thought, you know? but I
0: felt like it fell a little flat in Thor Ragnarok. Did you like that one or have you not seen was it? that
1: Taika Waititi as, as well? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, weird. Hey, yeah. I mean, I thought Thor Ragnarok kind of, I don't know, for me, it was like a lot of colors and lights and flashy explosions and that rather than like really driving a compelling story and i don't know i find that as i get older i really do i i I want that story you know you're kind of like young and you you are driven by special effects action you know things like that now i just i want a compelling story and so Mm -hmm. for ragnarok for me was just like after dark what was the second one that was Kind of, I don't oh. know. It's such a bad rap. That's like the yeah. Hulk of the Thor movies. Except I, I like
0: it. that one too. I think it's pretty
1: I like good one. <laughs> I, I know. cannot.
0: Dark World. The, dark, dark World. world. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. Dark World. Ugh.
1: And I'm like, Really? Like, I, did we watch yeah. the same movie? Like, I had a I, good I time with it. It's small bad. scale. Like,
0: you know, it is small scale, but it's fun. It's small
1: I like scale. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought there was more peril in Dark World than there was in Ragnarok. The Ragnarok was just like, This is just Thor, like, Appearing in his own movie and yeah. just being in it. And uh-huh. then the end, you know, yeah. it was just like, there was really never any, like, oh my gosh, you
0: know, like, suspect, yeah. you
1: know. I don't know. I, well, I guess, yeah. Well, was, I feel like the, the
0: comedy got kind of pushed over the top. I think for so, me. So. Yeah. And
1: it wasn't enough like it, seriousness. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I really liked Love and Thunder. And yeah. I also really liked uh, Top Gun Maverick.
1: Yes. Really liked that. <laughs> I told everyone at work, I was just like, you got to go see it. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. yeah. I can't believe they made it work either. It was like, no, where's anybody asking for a Top Gun sequel? But no. We got and it.
1: It. Here's the thing. What other two movie installment is better than this?
0: You know, to have people
1: at work, that were like, oh, I don't know. The Godfather one and two is pretty good. And I was just like, yeah, but there's a third one. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially yeah, made duologies 30,
0: are kind of rare, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like t- 32 years apart, I think, or something like that. Or Thirty-four, insane. I can't remember how many It's over 30. That's, That's a crazy. long time to so make a movie that I felt like I felt like it was almost better than the first one, but yeah. only because the first one exists. Right? Like if this were a standalone movie, it wouldn't be as good because yeah, they, you have that always, nostalgia mm-hmm. you know from the first one. And I just think they did I think they did a great job of putting in the right amounts of flashbacks and nostalgia yeah. and brought you know certain scene. they kind of copied certain scenes and it worked and yeah. the, the one thing that i was just like a little bit on the fence about was penny in the movie that like oh i'm supposed to just accept that they had a relationship just somewhere in that 30 and years shoot. Come on, so she's only she's
0: only mentioned in the first movie with Jennifer Connelly's either? character. We're talking about yeah, yeah. Well she the mentioned? Gen- she was like the general's daughter. Oh. That they they had a whole thing where I think Goose is kind of teasing him about it, but you don't oh, actually see the character. No
1: way okay, yeah. all right, okay, okay. That I mean, but, but the theater, I solved so your I was, problem for you, you, you yeah, saw my but problem, you know. but still, like in the theater, I was just like, okay, like she did, she did really well. She, she did. did really well. Yeah. I, I love, I loved it.
0: I loved everything. Yeah. Good. another great soundtrack too. Yeah. Oh, I man. like that. So good. I like that. Okay, I'm currently reading two things. One is called oh, The yes. Forest of, of Vanishing Stars by Kristen Harmel. It's a World War II historical fiction. And it's, about this, yeah, it's about this woman who was like, taken from her home as a child, and was kind of raised in the woods with this hermit. And now she's sort of helping Jewish people as they flee uh, the Nazis. And she's got all these survival skills and knows all these things. So she's like helping them survive in the woods. Really interesting. I'm not too far in it. I'm probably, you know, 30% of the way through, but I'm I'm really digging that. And we have it right here at the David A. Howe Public Library. There you go. Uh, Then I'm reading The Winds of Dune by Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert.
1: Oh, so like a super duper duper -sequel sequel sequel. After well, Frank Herbert wrote all his stuff, yeah, yeah. A...
0: So there's like the original six. So I, so far, I've read Dune, classic Dune, and then I read Paul of Dune, which is a, is which is a Kevin J. Anderson, Brian Herbert one that's kind of set between Dune and Dune Messiah.
1: Then I read Dune Messiah,
0: Ooh. and now I'm reading Winds of Dune, which is set between Dune Messiah and Children of Dune.
1: Is there really a lot of time between Dune, Dune, and Dune Messiah to write a whole other book?
0: Is there really it that much? That that is, there is a jump there. Yeah, there's a jump. I couldn't. I can't remember. Jump.
1: Is the jump yeah. shorter between Messiah and Children Dune? That might. I'm not be sure because I that. haven't
0: started Children yet. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I'm. I, but this is sort of like. Well, I don't, don't want to give away what happens to. Yeah, don't give away it, at the end of Dune Messiah. But um, this follows more uh, Jessica and Alia. Oh, okay. It's kind of like their story. And then there's flashbacks with Paul and Leto and everything. So
1: uh, okay, I really
0: liked Paul Dune as far as like the new kind of spinoff fiction. Mm-hmm. This one is not, it's not a slam dunk for me so far. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still like in it, but I'm like, all right, let's move it along here. So how, <laughs> how far, did you just read classic Dune and stop there? Or did you read the whole trilogy? No, did I
1: did I did, did. I did the Dune, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. That's all you I've read. Done, Gone
0: like Heretics of Dune or No,
1: not Heretics. Herbert no. Herber
0: wrote six. He wrote six. He six did
1: write Dune. six. Jeez, I didn't he six. did
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, f- yeah. Now I got now. I gotta add three more
0: books. You do. You do. Are they on yeah. audiobook? <gasps> <Okay>. <gasps> like, <laughs> I, did I did listen not, to Dune. I, I I listened to Dune Messiah on audiobook, but I'm, I'm still I reading the copies I I think you were there back in college at a little uh, uh antique store in arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a little box set of the Dune Trilogy.
1: Oh, okay. And,
0: like, that, that's still the one that I have. I'm like, I'm just pulling off and I'm like, okay, let's pick up the next one. I so. think
1: that's the, I, I feel like, I feel like that's the 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 only ones I remember. And then I keep hearing about like, other ones and yeah. I'm like oh he did write the okay so those yeah. my parents only had the three so that's what yeah. I was
0: familiar with I've heard kooky things about the later ones so I don't know I mean okay. at this point I'll probably just pound through and, and do at least the Frank Herbert ones I don't know if I'm going to stick with the uh, Kevin J. Anderson Brian Herbert ones mm-hmm. so what that is if you're not familiar with the series is you know in the 70s and you know maybe even earlier I don't know how far back this book goes but Frank Herbert wrote the six dude books and then after his death Kevin J Anderson who's written a lot of Star Wars, wrote some, some great Star Wars Jedi Academy trilogy for one. Teamed up with Brian Herbert, who is the son of Frank Herbert, and they have written many sequels and spin-offs that within the Dune franchise. Depending on how deep you want to go in Dune, there's a there's a lot of things for you there. There's Anything a lot of else? Horror, yeah. Yeah, there is. Anything else on your uh, watching and or reading list before we move on to book news?
1: I I am in the middle of one of the Witcher books, Time of Contempt. Witcher. Uh, Witcher. Uh, I think we talked about this last, we Probably. talked about this at one point that I just yeah. like. I don't know if I like fell asleep at the wheel or something, but that something happened that I was like, I guess I'm supposed to be surprised about that, and I'm no. really not. And that's the pivotal point of the book. And now yeah. I'm kind of like, when is it done? You know, and I'm halfway through. I, I, at least that's I a know, hard maybe, place to be. Maybe I'm a little bit more than halfway through. I think, and yeah, I'm it's just always- like
0: I. It's always a bad time where you reach a spot in the book and I'm already in my head, like, writing my Goodreads review and I still have, like, 200 pages to go.
1: And I'm, like, I'm already looking at, like, oh, what other books are available? And I'm, like, oh, boy, this is bad. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm getting there. I'm Honestly, I'm getting there with Winds of Dune. I needed to pick up the pace a little bit. Oh, no. All right, well, uh, let's take a look at some book news then. Yeah. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. So this is the New York Times hardcover fiction bestseller list from July 17th, 2022. I'm going to start with number 11 because, Steve, uh, you know, as you are the co-host of This Endorian Life for the mm-hmm. Radio Meanwhile Network, Star Wars lore should be of interest to you. Oh, absolutely. So number 11 on the really? New York Times bestseller list, we have Star Wars Shadows of the Sith by Adam Christopher. It's new this week. Nearly two mm. decades after the Battle of Endor, Lando Calrissian informs Luke Skywalker of a new Sith menace. Mm. I want to read this book. I, I've been a little burned by Star Wars fictions in the last couple of <laughs> <Yes>. years. But <laughs> mm-hmm. but this one, it's a new author that I haven't read before. And I just... Like a Luke Lando book is so random.
1: Luke you Lando, know? yeah. like la- Well, that's great because Lando... Is Han's friend, yeah. not Luke's friend. Yeah, right. Right? And so yeah. I, think I think that's. I it be interesting. Yeah, that's cool.
0: All right, that's this number 11. This is how they bond. Yeah, how we <laughs> Number 10, three weeks on the list Horse by Geraldine Brooks. The story of a racehorse, an enslaved groom, and an itinerant painter reverberates in three different eras. Okay. Hmm. Number nine, 55 weeks on the list. That's longer than a year. For those of you playing the home game, that's longer than a year. (laughs) The, The last thing he told me by Laura Dave, Hannah Hall discovers truths about her missing husband and bonds with his daughter from a previous relationship. This is the epitome of like, it was fine. Yeah. That's, that's my takeaway from the book. It's like, <laughs> it's like made to be a lifetime movie. It's very readable. It's kind of like where the crawdads sing. That was one that was on here for like oh, years. Okay. And, oh, and my sister-in-law
1: was talking about that book. They're making yeah, a movie about it or something. They right? are.
0: They yeah. are. It's just the kind of book where you can pick up and like, just kind of pound through it. You know, like it doesn't ask a lot of you, but it also doesn't give you much. So that is uh, the last <laughs> yeah. thing he told me. Uh, number eight, nine weeks on the list. Lessons in chemistry by Bonnie Garmas, a scientist and single mother living in California in the nineteen sixties, becomes a star on a TV cooking show. Oh, that sounds kind of fun. Love me some 1960s, yeah. Yeah. This one. I feel like I'm derelict in my duty, having not read this one yet. But number seven, been on the week for or been on the list for 82 weeks. The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Nora Seed finds a library beyond the edge of the universe that contains books with multiple possibilities of the lives one could have lived.
1: 80-something weeks? 82 weeks.
0: 82 weeks.
1: Wow, that's going to be on the best story list.
0: we are getting close to two years. I know. I know. Don't go away. Can't kill it. Number six, new this week, The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. People around the world receive a small wooden box telling them the exact number of years they will live. Ooh.
1: Hmm.
0: That sounds, that's, very twi- that's very Twilight zone That's Zony. very
1: Twilight Zony. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you been watching Strange New Worlds, Star Trek Strange New Worlds?
1: I, I haven't, no. Okay,
0: that's that's a big part of that plot. Pike learns about his fate. Uh, Captain Pike, the original Captain <laughs> of the Enterprise, prior yep. to Captain Kirk, for those of you who don't know, Pike learns about the, the fate that we see in the original series, that he's going to, you know, basically be horribly disfigured and taken out of commission. And so he knows when that's coming. So that's sort of like, influencing all his decisions it's a big part of strange new ah,
1: worlds because he's just like
0: i know yeah. this is not it a oh, little sir, bit. you could yeah. be killed yeah <laughs> no, no i won't <laughs> no, i'm pretty sure i won't yeah <laughs> Steve. this is so off topic but in strange new worlds they cast captain kirk for season two and he made a cameo in the season one finale it is the worst casting of any character i've ever really? seen Really,
1: captain kirk yeah. they made it there's a so there's a i, I guess another captain i guess yeah. right and officially
0: captain- yeah, well, this is this is showing sort of an alternate, like, what if Pike avoids his fate situation? Oh, so that's we, what
1: this show is about, really. Oh, so we see
0: see Captain Kirk uh, as the captain of the Farragut, and it's Paul Wesley who is best known for like the Vampire Diaries, and it is just the dullest, most. You need to go. You need to go find it. You need to go find a clip. I'll put one on Twitter. I don't understand what they were thinking. It's like if you take all the charisma in the world and suck it through a small hole, whatever you have left is his portrayal of Captain Kirk. Terrible. Oh, Terrible. Breaking, my my heart. Breaking my heart. <laughs> oh, Number, no. five. Number five, two weeks on the list Escape by James Patterson and David Ellis. The third book in the Billy Harney thriller series, detective Harney goes after a billionaire crime boss and a prison escape artist.
1: Hmm. I know Patterson. I haven't read any books, but I do know that name. There you go. Yeah.
0: You mm-hmm. never read like an Alex Cross, or do you ever see like "Kiss the Girls" or "Along Came a Spider" no. with Morgan Freeman? Okay.
1: No. Oh wait, "Along Came a Spider" Morgan Freedom and uh, Freeman and uh, what's her name? When, uh, when um, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. That's it. Ashley Judd. I think I have seen that. That's well, there you go.
0: James Patterson. That's based on the first Alex Cross book. Yeah. Oh, that's Alex Cross. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, number number four, two weeks on the list. The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. An actress escaping bad press goes to a Vermont lake house and uncovers secrets within a neighboring couple's marriage. Ooh,
1: intriguing. Mm, yeah. That's fun.
0: <laughs> number three, new this week, Suspects by Danielle Steele. A oh, no. CIA agent on a covert mission develops a relationship with a woman who is considered fashion royalty and has a tragic past. A lot going on.
1: That's yeah.
0: Number 5, two weeks on the list, sparring partners, John Grisham. Are you a Grisham fan? No. Okay, well, I no. Thought, I
1: thought well, I know like, like with, Grisham. John Grisham's like The Firm and Pelican firm. Brief,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. I've seen the yep. movies. Yep. But yeah. Not read the books. <laughs> 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 if they're, if the movies are anything like the books, I'm sure I'd love John Grisham. I think you probably I mean, I, would.
0: You probably yeah, you would. know, I'm like
1: I'm reading Rainbow Six, so you know, yeah. that's kind. Of, I feel the, like that's in that similar kind of genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll,
0: I'll go with that. If you were going to read a Grisham book, I'd probably say Try the Firm. I'll have to uh, do that. Anyway, Sparring Partners, five weeks on the list here. It's uh, it's a series of novellas, and then finally, number one, three weeks on the list, The Hotel Nantucket. By Alan Hildebrand, the new general manager of a hotel, far from its gilded age heyday, deals with the complicated past of her guests and staff. Maybe if you throw in a ghost, I'll read it. But otherwise I don't I don't think so.
1: <laughs> you know how I uh, I judge I judge these by the, yeah. the, the things oh. I go by which one am I going to pull and bring on the plane. Okay. Right? Because even though even though like I have a book with me when I when I fly. Yeah. i always walk in there and i'm like well you know i don't know maybe there's something that's like gonna pop yeah. out that's better than yeah. the book i got in my bag you know yeah yeah and so because i've done that before i think I, there's a couple books that i've purchased and read yep. that that's how i did it i was just at the airport and i was like it eh, sounds better toss it and in. um and I, I don't know i feel like the john grisham one actually is that's like that but it's like a book it's like a it's a book of different novellas yeah or something? Spar-
0: sparring partners is three novellas homecoming strawberry moon and uh, sparring partners
1: and okay. one of them
0: i feel like connects to a time to kill the main character of that is jake brigands um, okay and so you know if you've ever ah. seen that movie yeah. but yeah all right that's it for the uh, hardcover fiction list i think it's time we get to the man of the hour are you ready for some facts about one clive cussler i am he was born july 15th 1931 died february 24th 2020 shortly before steve sold all of his clive cussler books <laughs> no
1: shortly I
0: after or yeah. before oh, i, I after. can't even
1: remember it one was literally show. around the time
0: yeah it was Either right way, around the time it's yeah. tragic it's a tragic yeah, it story it is I know uh, we're right now., uh, we're in the midst of our it's been a crazy couple of weeks here at the library. A few weeks back, we had the parade and Texas Hot uh, had their hundredth anniversary. Do you remember going to Texas Hot in college? Yeah, it was like the late night. yeah, that's where you could get like yeah, a hot absolutely. dog at eleven p m. Yeah,
1: they're having a celebration about one hundred hundred years hundred years.
0: yeah, yeah, yes, that's crazy to me. we had a crazy parade. The live we marched in the parade. We pushed book carts. It was great. But it was that. And then just this past weekend was the balloon rally. Uh, and so the street, street was full of, of vendors and just different things going on, food, stuff to buy. The light We just started our book sale. And the book sale is still going, by the way. We have way too many books. So everybody, it's a bag sale. So come on, load up mm-hmm. on all your books. But while we were sorting it, I found a book, a box, and it was just full of Clive Kessler books. And I thought of you.
1: Was it my, was it my box? It, it might have
0: been. It might have been. I'll check it out. Uh, Clive Custler was oh, an Eagle yeah. Scout. Was an Eagle Scout in his early days. Okay. Uh, reached the rank of sergeant in the Air Force. Oh wow! Many books. Author and or co-author of uh, over eighty books. There are, as of our time of recording in 2022, 26 Dirk Pitt books. Yeah. Uh, so so he started those. Yeah, alone, like started just writing those okay. by himself. Uh, in two thousand four, his son Dirk Custler, not Dirk Pitt, Dirk Cussler, uh Dirk. became co-author. Mm-hmm. And they wrote several together. And then after Clive Kessler passed away, Dirk took over the series and has continued it on. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the most well-known of the Clive Custler series. But there are many others. Uh, there are the Pneumophiles, which follows Kurt Austin on an Undersea Adventures. These are co-written by Paul Kemperkos and later Graham Brown. And Graham Brown is the one who continued the series uh, on uh, Solo. There's the Oregon Files, which spun out of a Dirk Pitt novel. Uh, Flood Tide introduced the character of Juan Cabrillo, who goes around in a secret high tech ship, uh, and I don't know, gets into trouble. Have you read any of these?
1: I haven't read any of those. Never no. read the
0: Oregon <clears throat> Files. Okay, no. yeah.
1: Or none of the these, Oregon.
0: Yeah. These are co-written by Craig Durgo, Jack Debrule, and Boyd Morrison, and uh, now they're written by Mike Madden solo. They what they do now is. When the last came out that Clive Cussler had worked on, they started calling it like Clive Cussler's whatever it is, and then like list the author underneath. So his name's sort of still above the title, but it's like, you know, his series, which I feel like Tom Clancy was really the one that was the most mainstream person to do that. Like when, when Tom Clancy passed away, they continued the Jack Ryan books. And since then, right. there's there's been a lot. I mean, Robert B. Parker, Michael Crichton, uh, a lot. There's a lot. Uh, this is happening more and more. But I think Tom Clancy was the one to really like make this thing like a viable option to one.
1: on. Yeah, well, the, I mean, that's that's literally everything Gene Roddenberry touched, right? I mean, yeah. anything Gene Roddenberry touches, like Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, Andromeda. And it's yeah. like, No, he's been dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How yeah. could it be his? You know, oh, Gene yeah. Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict, or something. you know, like, I, don't, I can't remember if that's Gene Roddenberry or not. I think
0: it is. I think it but, is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was. And it's
0: just like no, still again, it's not. I mean, but it is. Yeah. But, like, well, it becomes a. It's become a brand. You know, like now, brand. Like, yeah. Clive, Clive Kessler is a brand. You see that on there. You know. You know, basically the kind of thing you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Isaac Bell Adventures, which is the one we're going to be talking about primarily today. This follows the. A detective Isaac Bell for the Van Dorn Agency. It's in the early 20th century. Uh, uh, Clive Custer wrote The Chase, which we read uh, solo. And then after that, he wrote them with Justin Scott and Jack De Brule. And Jack De Brule is the current author on the series. Okay. The last series that's ongoing is The Fargo Adventures, which follows a couple of treasure hunters, uh, co written with Grant Blackwood, Thomas Perry, Russell. Blake, and eventually the series was taken over by Robin Bursell. He's got a several nonfiction titles, including the Sea Hunters, plus two children's novels. There's been two movie adaptations: Raised the Titanic and Sahara. So there's Clive Cussler in a nutshell, and we basically have all of these at the library. When you're trying to like shelve in the seas, it's like five shelves of Cussler.
1: So <laughs> yeah, because you got them in like you yeah. probably have them all in hard
0: hardcover, right? Most, or, yeah, we do have we do have most, okay, of our cover. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's, uh, it's a hardy shelf. Wh- where did it begin for you? Like, what was the first time you were like, I'm gonna read a Clive Cussler book, or was it one um, of the movies, maybe?
1: It was, I think it was the Mediterranean Caper because I for so long I thought that was the first one, and then like the internet told me that actually Pacific Vortex is the first one. It was, like one of those things where I was like, wait a minute, what you know, but it was written after, so I was gonna read it in the order that they came out, but then that one it was actually. actually yeah,
0: like yeah it a actually wasn't, though. That's the crazy thing. Pacific Vortex was meant to be book one. It was written really? first. Really? Oh. Yeah, it was actually written first, I think, in the late 60s. And for whatever reason, I would assume they found Mediterranean Caper to be more marketable or whatever. They published that one. So it's not your fault, because for many okay. years, Mediterranean Caper was put out there as book one. But I think in oh, uh, 1980 or so, once he was really cooking, they released Pacific Vortex. It's like the first Lost Dirt Pit novel. So now, when the series are um, you know republished or put out there in order, Pacific Vortex goes back to that number one slot. Is yeah. it primarily primarily uh, Dirt Pit for you? Uh, yeah, I love, love
1: Dirt Pit. Yeah, okay. and and it's interesting. Like I I feel like I've read the covers of some of the books, like just at the library when I go through. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's a new one, and. I feel like Kurt Austin is the closest to who Dirk Pitt is. Okay. I think in like description of character, at least, okay. at least what he gets himself into. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. That's that, that may be who I, uh, explore Where next. You go next yeah so
0: what was it like it would just look like an exciting book or like how did you come across it? did you know somebody who read it or just
1: yeah my, yeah, my uncle harlow used to read them okay my, well, not uncle but we all call him uncle harlow sure but it was my grandfather's my grandfather's white sister's husband so i don't know okay. what that great uncle
0: yeah great that uncle? One did, yeah that's like a that's like a great uncle through marriage yeah, yeah. it's a
1: great uncle yeah so so yeah he you know he was really into Clive Cussler, and so that's how I was just like, that's oh. you know, I always had that like, I can't wait to get old and sit <laughs> on a leather chair and yeah. smoke a cigar and read. I, yeah, you know, I want that for you. I want. that yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm well, it's already I'm already I starting. I know. Well, I could. Well, I see old. the
0: mustache. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, it's happened. Well, so so you it. got Mediterranean caper, and then did you just like pound through a bunch more?
1: Yeah, I pound th- pound through a bunch more, and then it's I had um i don't know i guess fatigue yeah i've cussler fatigue it got Mm -hmm. it got to the point where like the the, like the book i read previous was just felt better you know how you Mm -hmm. have that like you get into Mm -hmm. like you you watch a yeah tv shows right you start a new tv show and then you're like i don't know the last one was so much better and it's done and you know i kind of had that and i just i i just stopped I just it's stopped really reading a, customer books that's why I it, sold them.
0: It's hard. It's hard with when any author is like as prolific as this because I feel like at a certain point you've kind of covered all the things that make sense for a Dirk Pitt type character to do. You know, it's yeah. so you almost have to kind of double back and cover ground that you've already covered before. So I think it's hard to keep that rolling. And it could be that, you know, the way he's worked with co-authors over the years, maybe a new a new co-author comes in and it freshens it up and brings something new. I don't know. But yeah, that makes yeah, sense. But after, true. after a while, it kind of, like... What is it that you like about Dirk Pitt, like, as a character? What appeals to you?
1: I like Dirk Pitt. Actually, it's interesting, because I thought a lot about that doing the chase. I like that he is gritty and imperfect. They sort of captured his character in the Sahara movie, but... Mm. Matthew McConaughey is just too too good, I think. Dirk Pitt, he's like Ma- the you know cool what? dude. He's like not the Bond. You know, Matthew, he's like...
0: Matthew McConaughey played Jake Briggins in the uh, John Grisham movies also. So that's oh, too... Yeah like big 90s literary <laughs> adaptations. That, did he and, do true
1: detective is that true detective is that he also movie? did
0: true detective yeah but oh, okay. that's that's not based on a book that's just uh, oh okay just oh you're talking
1: about thing. lincoln lawyer which which one no oh, he did, did do about?
0: lincoln lawyer that's right lincoln okay. lawyer lincoln lawyer is not grisham though that is uh that's michael connelly so yeah so he did oh, okay. he did Dirk Pitt in sahara he did jake Briggins in a time to kill and he oh, in *Time to Kill*. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Mickey Haller in uh, *Lincoln Lawyer*. That's funny. That's three of like the the big names of, of big, that big genre. Names. Yeah,
1: I like the *Lincoln Lawyer*. That was, it was a great movie. Point. It
0: was good. I've not seen the show. There's a new show on Netflix. Oh. That okay. follows that character. Those are great books. We have a whole Michael Connelly spotlight back in the all the books archive. But yeah, so, so you like it. So do you think he's sort of the way you're describing him? Makes it sound to me a little bit like James Bond as written by Ian Fleming. Like the early days of James. Yeah, he very. Was kind of he of was
1: gritty. Face. He made mistakes. Yeah. A lot of things were close shaves. Like he got hurt a lot. Like, you know, you see in so many things these days where like, oh, you know, nobody ever really gets hurt. You know, mm. like mm-hmm. he was everything that like I enjoyed or kind of wanted to enjoy. Like, oh, mm. I really want to. I really wanted to like Cuddy Sark, the scotch. <laughs> And I, I remember finally one day buying it and I was just like, this is the worst, this is the worst drink ever. And I was just like, if there's one thing that we do not have in common, it is our taste in scotch. Oh. But uh, like, I, I don't know, like the, all the, it was the period too that his yeah. stories are, you know, like the firearms he used, the planes that he flew. The cars that he drove, those were all things that I was like, oh, yeah, I want to drive that. Oh, he's flying that plane. No way. Because he's that rough on the edges. You know, you'll probably see him at the bar with that typical cut on his cheek bone, you yeah. know, with the little yeah. butterfly things and drinking a scotch. You know, that's. That's Dirk Pitt. Well,
0: Eric and I used to joke about this all the time uh, on the Elder Book Show about the covers of Clive Cussler novels. Because, like, until we read The Chase, I'd never cracked the spine of one of these books. Not any of them. Not, (laughs) Not Dirk Pitt, not Isaac Bell, nothing. But again, you know, 20 years in libraries shelving these books and it's just like every cover more extreme than the last, you know, there's like an island on fire and somehow there's train tracks through it and the train is also (laughs) on fire and like gold doubloons are flying out of it, you know, while a helicopter is crashing It's just like more, more, more. It's funny. I find
1: them very compelling.
0: It's like somebody is just sitting in a room being like, what are all the things that are macho imagery? Let's toss it on. Let's toss (laughs) it on. One of the
1: new ones? One of the new books I saw, because I saw a guy reading it, and I had to when I was at the library the other day getting Harry Potter for my wife, I was like, you know, I recognize that cover. I'm going to go over to it and find what book that was. And I can't remember what the book was, but the, the cover of it is like a plane going down into the water and it has like eight engines on it. I was just like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It's so big. It's so big. There's way too many engines. It's just on fire going in the water. Like this is perfect.
0: Yeah. And I found that uh, in the chase, which we read the, the cover of that is a train underwater. Which mm-hmm. is technically part of the story, but not a yeah. big part of the story. You not, know, a v- like no, not a like no, not a very, very big... minor element of it. Well, but it
1: kind of ruins some aspect of it, right? I mean, well, but it's, it's, it's right in the me, it's you know?
0: right in the prologue. You know, like it that, yeah. that was the thing that I found interesting. This is the Goodreads uh, synopsis for Clive Custler's The Chase, which was our Page Turners Book Club here in July. April 1950, the rusting hulk of a steam locomotive rises from the deep waters of a Montana lake. Inside is all that remains of three men who died 44 years before. But it's not the engine or its grisly contents that interest the people watching nearby. It's what's about to come next, 1906. For two years, the Western states of America have been suffering an extraordinary crime spree, a string of bank robberies by a single man who cold-bloodedly murders any and all witnesses and then vanishes without a trace. Mm. Fed up by the depredations of the butcher bandit, the U.S. government brings in the best man they can find, a tall, lean, no-nonsense detective named Isaac Bell, who's caught thieves and killers coast to coast. But Bell has never had a challenge like this one. From Arizona to Colorado to the streets of San Francisco during its calamitous earthquake and fire, he pursues what is quickly becoming clear to him in the sharpest criminal mind he has ever encountered. And the woman who seems to hold the key to the bandit's identity. Using science, deduction, and a little seduction, right? Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and intuition, Bell repeatedly draws near only to grasp with thin air, but at last he knows his pursuit is having an effect because his quarry is getting angry now and it's turned to chase back on him. The hunter has become the hunted and soon it will take all of Isaac Bell's skills, not merely to prevail, but to survive. That's not really true. That last bit there, the hunter becoming the hunted, that's not really true, but- Not at all, actually. Yeah, (laughs) that's the the basic premise. There's a a string of these like robberies going on where every witness is killed and it's Mm -hmm. just town to town. And so the cops can't do anything about it they bring in the Van Dorn agency they put Isaac Bell on the case and he like gets right to it. So mm-hmm. right away well first of all not at all what I was expecting from the yeah. Clive Custler book that I've been seeing for a long time and the whole book really was could not have been further from what I was expecting in a Clive Custler. It's I pretty different. Look. It
1: really is actually. is it? The I wonder. Tone wondered. was very different.
0: I wonder, just as like a fan of Dirk Pitt, you know, coming into this book, how jarring it was for you to see the difference. Because you texted me when we first started, Mm -hmm. and what you said was, it was so weird to have such a like concise, this is exactly who Isaac Bell is, and this is exactly what his mission is. Because Mm -hmm. you were saying that with Dirk Pitt, you're just kind of tossed in. You're just like, boom. He flies on the seat of his
1: pants. Yeah, Yeah. he's just like, all right, you know what, we're going to you know i don't know we're in the middle of the jungle i don't know i just walked through for a little bit and i found this helicopter so we're gonna take that and we're gonna you know, like that's Dirk Pitt. you know it's yeah. kind of just like oh okay but this yeah. so did you know. like it i'm, I'm I, feeling
0: like maybe you didn't
1: i think by the end of the book when we were getting down to the last the chase i th- i think what ruined the book for well not ruined the book okay what what I did not like by the end of the book was the fact that there was a prologue that explained what was going on. I think that works in movies, but this, I was just like, Oh, now I know how it's going to end.
0: Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, that, that was unusual. And, and I have to, yeah. I have to assume this to me does not read like the start of a series at all. I yes. I feel like he wrote this as a one-off and then they were like, well, let's make some more because yeah, not only does it start with a with a prologue, but the epilogue pretty much says, "Here's exactly how Isaac Bell's life is gonna end. Like, here's here's where things are gonna go." And so it takes away like any romance. You know, he's gonna live to at least the 1950s. It's just yeah, it's, yeah. It's a it's a weird way to start a series, and I feel like cut it out, uh, and you're just much better off because nothing in either end epilogue or prologue really added to the story for me
1: Mm -hmm. so actually that's yeah that's how it feels like i was just like oh man if they didn't have that at all it would have been fine
0: yeah it was yeah that would have been better
1: you usually have that when there is an epic twist at the very end right but it was just like oh they pulled the train out and they found money and bodies well yeah yeah, we know that right
0: i agree uh what i did like though was i mean i i probably read more mysteries than i do like you know, thrillers or adventure novels. And so Mm -hmm. the mystery element of it, I thought was actually pretty solid. I thought he handled the mystery well, you know, the steps Isaac takes to figure it out, you know, the serial numbers and figuring out, okay, it was only taking cash, not coins. And Mm -hmm. like all the little pieces that came together, I felt like was pretty well structured for a detective novel. And so I was impressed with that. And I also like that in a way it still is, a techno thriller it's just the tech is from 1906 yep so like using the high really speed, is using the high speed trains some of the other like little devices that they use it was cool because it still kind of had that like here's cutting edge technology you know but it was just
1: a colt 45 automatic
0: right you exactly. know like
1: we call yeah. that gun a semi-automatic now you know right. but then it
0: was an auto it was automatic yeah. you, you know yeah so, so I thought those were good. I felt like yeah. the, um, the romance, I, I think that was kind of the weakest part because yeah, it was a little forced. It was, it was just kind of like, well, this woman loves you 100% and also you love her 100% and that's yeah. just it. Like that's just married. that took yeah. me, I was just like, what, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it really, no, it bugs no. it bugs down the plot. Like when you it does it. I got to that point and you know, probably two-thirds of the way in, and I was like, okay, this I'm ready to be done. I am ready yeah. to be done now. And then having to do the whole like romance and courtship, I don't know who that was for, and it didn't really work because the character that he that he <laughs> falls madly in love with is so one-dimensional, like she doesn't yes. really have any personality other than like loving him and being. They're loyal. not even a side character. He marries a plot device, not a character. He
1: I marries mean, an NPC, it was supposed to be yeah. an NPC. You know, <laughs> like that's what that's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's crazy too because those scenes in the book, he's always asking this woman about the butcher bandit, right? And so we're supposed to just think like, oh, she loves him. Half their dates are him talking about somebody else, not even right. her. So it's like, basically pumping her person. for information.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, not good. So right. yeah, it that bothered me. So I yeah, ultimately I felt like it just it tried to do a little too much. I think the romance in the in the frame story. I mean, cut those out and you have a you yep. know, you you lose what, you know, 75 pages or something and you just have a much tighter book and i really think that would have i think that so, would have yeah. made it a much better read and it probably would have compelled me to at least be interested in reading book 2 mm-hmm. but with that epilogue and knowing how everything's going to tie up for the character it just kind of zapped any interest i have in reading a book 2 how did you feel about that
1: well, I liked an aspect of this book because it caused me to take action beyond just reading the book, right? There is actually a historical event that happens in this book that happened in history. And so, yeah. reading about the experiences that they were going through got me thinking wait a minute, I think this happened. And I remember the year. And so that got me to like look it up and start looking okay. it up.
0: You know, I was more impressed by the writing than I thought I was going to be in this book. Like I thought, you know, I enjoyed him as a writer. I thought the dialogue was pretty good. I, you know, like we said, with the, especially with the love interest, some of the side characters were a little flat, but I felt like Isaac was well fleshed out um he's you know he's kind of the the guy who can do anything you know what i mean he's just like super capable uh and that can get a little old but (laughs) yeah i guess i guess what i'm driving at though is that like it didn't turn me off i don't think i'd read more isaac bell but now i kind of feel like i need to read Dirk Pitt or i want to read that like treasure hunter series yeah like because i think there was a lot here to pique my interest yeah. did this uh did this awaken any interest in you to dive back into the world uh, of clive or maybe checking out some of the other series
1: yes but not isaac bell I, yeah. I i didn't really he wasn't very compelling to me i don't know dirk pitt is just a really tough one to uh top right yeah and i thought throughout this book it bothered me every time he was like a james bond yeah. rather than perry mason every yeah. time there was an issue that came up or something was you know a, a roadblock right he threw money at it i'll pay you i'll pay you mm-hmm, and i was mm-hmm. like, every time i'm like no that's that you can't write that convenience like that into yeah. the book like oh you know oh i'm sorry we did this but uh just send the bill to van dorn
0: oh okay yeah. you know like yeah. no it doesn't work like that you know so it's just <laughs> hey. I think that having in his background that that Isaac Bell is from basically oh, his family runs like yeah. the biggest bank in the country. And so if he wanted to, he could have just gone into the family business and have just been, you know, a rich banker. But yeah. he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be a detective. I think having that as part of his makeup, as part of his background is interesting character development. But you're right that very early on in the book, it becomes a crutch for how do we get out of this jam? Isaac yeah. has money. Yeah, that did leave me a little cold. I had a lot of comparisons to um, Stuart Woods' character Stone Barrington, mm-hmm. uh, and even the way like the women were all just like falling over him. There's just sort of like a you know, let's put this fantasy version of like this this perfect, rich, charming, cool guy who can solve mysteries and get all the ladies it it has a feel of like a Stuart Woods kind of book. And in that element of it, I was kind of like, man, okay. That's why I feel like reading <laughs> something a, a little bit more like in the more adventure, like just goofy wheelhouse of a dirt pit, yeah. um, appeals to me a little bit more, I think.
1: Yeah. I the Dark Fargo was- Adventures.
0: I feel like the Fargo yeah. Adventures is one that I would like to check out.
1: It just didn't seem like a Clive Cussler book, except for any time he described a car a train, oh, yeah, and we did, a get, gun, we did get that
0: yeah
1: a watch you know like these things i was just like ooh, you know like yeah. what kind of watch i wonder what, I yeah. wonder what kind of watch bell has yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> because that's so, you read a Put novel that's what you care about
0: yeah yeah so let me ask you this if if somebody maybe somebody from the book club who read this book or somebody who's never read clive cussler where would you point them like what's what's a good solid book in the series
1: i would start with pacific vortex it's a much shorter book mediterranean capers good i I think the the love interests are fun the villains are compelling Mm -hmm. and uh they're just enjoyable and they're short and you know you could probably finish them in a weekend if you really nice you know if you really go at it okay
0: well we got them so if you're local you can come check them out here uh otherwise go to your local library the Chase was our book club book. Uh, we've got lots of other book clubs coming up. August 4th, we're going to be talking about Dune. We're starting our sci fi book club, so you can come uh,
1: Ooh,
0: yeah. chat with us about Dune. The Discord book club is doing Thor, and the Page Turners or the Morning Coffee and Cozy's book club is doing Trouble at High Tide by Donald Bain. So, lots of book clubs at the library. We're in the midst of the summer reading program, so you can come. It's not too late to sign up. You don't have to, it's just whatever you're already checking out counts, so you can mm-hmm. enter it prizes and gift certificates and the tablet is the grand prize lots of cool things we're doing free lunches for kids every weekday at 11:30 so just bring your kids down to the library at 11:30 we're uh, passing out free lunches for as long as they last so uh it's a busy and fun time to come to the library music on the lawn every Thursday and Tuesdays on the terrace where you can eat lunch right here at the library every Tuesday starting July 19th busy oh, there you go busy times Steve, besides your occasional guest starring on How's Things, where can people find you on a regular basis for podcasts?
1: Uh, you can find me every other Tuesday on This and Dorian Life, a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> from the Look, radio
0: meanwhile network <laughs> so natural it just flowed right out of you it's not even written it's not even written down right in front of you so i know and i
1: need that i need it to be written down if i'm I know gonna you
0: say do it so. i know you do you know me well it's always uh, always fun to talk to you thanks for thanks for joining me on this episode
1: yeah i appreciate you having me on this is great
0: all right i'm gonna go read some clive cussler we'll see you next time everybody see you later